this week on the Magnificently Huge podcast. Are we not men? We are Devo. Are we not men? D-E-V-O. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. I love this band. I'm so happy we're doing this show. Brian, our wives, and I are going on the 80s cruise next week, you see. And the mighty Devo is headlining at this show. I think actually the headline is probably Brett Michaels, but <clears throat> for those of us who have taste, it's Devo. They put on a great show. They have like a huge catalog of wonderful music, and I think a lot of people don't understand how great they are. Even people who were alive for the period we're talking about, the, the early mid 80s, where Devo was doing their thing uh, so expertly. A lot of people just think of that song, Whip It. Devo's thought of as the Whip It band. You could not be more wrong. They have so much more going on. Can't recommend them more. We're going to have a playlist on Spotify for this band that I want you to go and listen to. It's sort of our mix of their greatest hits. If you like it, you really need to do yourself a favor and go listen to all of their albums. Um, except for the shout and the one after that. Because, ooh, we get into that. We can do it all on this episode of the Magnificent Huge podcast. So give it an earful. Mahalo. I don't know what I'm doing. Be happy. Okay, everybody. Or not. This is this is episode 256 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. 256, which is 2 to the power of 8, which is the most you can count to with 8 bits. It's an 8-bit thing. Devo, kind of in that zone. I don't know. It works for me. Maybe I'm a nerd. Fuck it. I don't care. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Brian. Wow. My name is Eric. This is Chris. That's a good one, Brian. That's, that's like... Nobody wants to touch it. I mean, that's like more than I can say, honestly uh but that's good but yeah like when eric uh pushed this idea through and we all were like how did we never do a devo show before uh yeah it's astonishing really considering how foundational they are for all of us so it's like oh crap we should probably do that then yeah it's like our nerd soundtrack yeah right i think yeah i feel like i feel like when this show yeah go ahead i was was saying i feel like devo is one of the first bands that we all sort of bonded over you know what i mean so, there you have it. When when this show goes live, Eric and I are probably at a Devo concert. Yeah, <laughs> um, humble bag. So humble bag. Uh, there will be yeah. a follow up next week, probably. Yeah. Okay. I gotta find. I, I gotta mean, find the um, clip of Ben Affleck from Two Hundred Cigarettes that we must play on this show two or three times at least. Where he says, "Do you guys like Devo or what?" And by the way, I'm not gay. I get that all the time. No, I'm not gay. Because it's perfect. I mean, unless you're actually seeing the lineup with Bob Casale, uh, all bets are off. That's just my humble opinion. But we can get into it. <laughs> there you have it. So, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I'd say let's get on with the show because it's probably going to be a long one. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, we got some fresh shit to get through first. Oh. Check the show notes for the Devo stuff, timestamps, but yeah, fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. 
Ah, and I like that uh, we used the, the Devo clip at the end of the, the bump there, too. That's good. That shows you how much we like of them. Of course. We care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's got fresh shit? Let's uh, do this I got thing. A, fast, a fast one. Uh, it's uh, the, fa- the fast and the fresh shit. I went to a movie in a theater, so I should probably what? talk about Knock at the Cabin. My the mm. the the, oh. the, the oh, continuing uh, attempt oh, to Eric. find uh, a new M Night Shyamalan movie that won't suck. Uh, the search continues. Did we is find all I can one? Say. Uh, okay. No. How, <laughs> do, how do they keep letting this guy make movies? That's I think it's they're cheap. Know. I think it's they don't cost much. But Probably. It, okay, so uh, uh, a a a uh, gay couple and their adopted daughter. Uh, spending time in a cabin in the woods, get a knock on the door from four people who don't know each other and don't know them, who tell them they've had visions that they, one of these three people in the cabin, you know, the gay couple in the dark, one of them needs to sacrifice the other one in order to prevent the end of the world from happening. And over the course of the next 36 hours, you know, these sort of the things that they have prophesized start happening and they see it on cable TV and hilarity ensues. I, 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 I'm watching this. I'm going, okay, I know what's going to happen. I've seen this all in the preview. I know how it's going to end. And there was not one surprise. Maybe the one surprising thing about it, since an M. Shamalama Ding Dong Night movie always has a twist. This had no twist. Yeah. There was nothing really? twisting. Nope. Nope. Whatever you think happens, Did- it does. The only thing that's of any interest is that Dave Bautista once again proves he's a fucking powerhouse on screen. He's good, right? He is. It's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, I still won't see it, even because he's in it. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it because I wanted to go to a movie theater. I had some some free passes I needed to use up, and so we went. And you you didn't go to Cocaine Bear? Like, you chose this over Cocaine Bear? Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> but do you ever get the feeling that M, I'll just call him M, because, you know, we're tight, uh, watched a little too much Twilight Zone and Night Gallery as oh, a kid totally. and just can't shake it because it's like every movie is that. It's just like the setup, the drama, and then, oh, here's the twist ending to make your mind explode. And it's like, come yeah. on, man. Just come yeah. on. I think I think the problem is that he had a big hit that had a twist, and then he feels pressure to put the twist on everything, yeah. and it's like maybe don't. He yeah. maybe just. He was movies. a working maybe screenwriter don't. before uh, uh, Sixth Sense, and none of them were like that. And yeah, then he does Sixth Sense, and he's like, I guess that's my milieu. And uh, yeah, I I mean I don't want to do a whole show on him, but I could, and it would just be that and Signs. They're the only two movies yeah. of his that I think are <laughs> any good. Everything else it, is just limping. It would be me rolling my eyes for 30 minutes. That would be the gist of that show. <laughs> so <laughs> probably best we don't do that. There's one uh, part in it. Kind of like whenever we talk about Star Trek. Yeah. yeah anyway, there's exactly. one part in it that I must mention because, yeah, the thing is not, it's not that it's bad. It's that it's forgettable. Right. Uh, but there's a part in it. I cannot forget because it is so just like aggressively stupid. Right. It's it's the kind of thing where it's not just stupid. It's almost like he stopped the film and said, hey, guys, I'm going to show you something really stupid now and then goes back to the movie. Uh, so so on cable news, they're covering all these disasters. One of the prophesized ones is <coughs> a flood and they they cut to they, they apparently there's this big 
what the, the Cascadia Fault along in the pier in the Pacific Northwest goes off, and a huge tidal wave floods uh, uh, Washington and Oregon. And so they cut to some footage they found uh, at uh, on the coast of Portland, uh, on the coast of Oregon. And there's a person with their cell phone, and they're recording that typical handheld footage. And then a wave comes, and then it wipes everybody out. And the last thing you see is like you know all these bodies in the water. And I'm thinking, okay, exactly how did CNN get this footage five minutes after it? fucking happened <laughs> it's stuck what it's, it's stuck i mean footage. i know that 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 iphones are water resistant but you've got to like send out divers to get the motherfucker right i suppose if they're streaming on facebook or something it would have been up live you could you could have gotten it that way i mean no. <laughs> no 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 okay. no no yeah. <laughs> it's like you watch it and and you go you know i would i would believe that if it wasn't all in high def it was like all you know it was basically they forgot that they weren't actually supposed to be getting this footage and then they're like oh oh yeah uh that's right we're on cnn so wow then, all right so so, so knock at the cabin money well spent no no, it was he's, he's, it was it was got a knock on it was it. it was free. So yes, so you wasted okay. you wasted your free movie on garbage. I got to eat popcorn. Uh, popcorn, I, mean, I love popcorn. You could have seen okay. Ant Man. He probably did good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, All right. Sorry, Eric. that's it. Sorry. No. Well, okay. So I I went to the movie theater mm-hmm. and I saw Cocaine Bear. Yeah. <laughs> How was Cocaine Bear? Yeah. What, like, what is Cocaine Bear about? Is it a bear made out of cocaine? It it is a straight up monster movie. It's just a movie about a bear killing people. And <laughs> it's like, the, hey, let's give Cujo some setup, blow. That's the setup right there. Yeah. So, I mean, the setup is that it's 1984 or whatever, and there there was actual like an actual event that happened where some drug runners their plane crash and they dump a bunch of cocaine in the woods and and they're riffing on that and it's basically what if a bear got into the cocaine and that made it like want more cocaine and chase down all the people and fuck them up to get more cocaine (laughs) and really it's just the excuse for killer bear movie (laughs) yeah yeah put on coke um yeah yeah, so this is Elizabeth Banks, who has had a string of flops, including the most recent Charlie's Angels film, uh, directing just a straight-up monster movie, uh, you know, cheesy horror film with decapitations and and dismemberments and, you know, arms and legs coming off, and uh, it's a pretty by-the-numbers monster movie, really. is It's nothing... All the jokes about the bear on cocaine are in the trailer like yeah. it's it's just about a killer bear i think know? i think the the best review i read about it was they said the biggest joke that lands about cocaine bear is the fact that it exists at all it's like that's the joke it's like yeah. it's like snakes on a plane it's like you know what you're gonna get and then yeah. there it, it is it, but the fact I that it's just that, you know i i was like this could be a funny or die and you could just leave it at that yeah exactly well that's the thing though is because they don't like go for that they don't beat it to death it's just a movie about people getting killed by a bear 
they get away with it in a way that, like, if they were winking at us constantly, like, ah, cocaine, cocaine in the bear. You know, they're really not. It's it's just people in the woods getting fucked up by a bear. Uh, Ray Liotta, I think this is Ray Liotta's final film before he died. Yeah. Um, He's one of the drug uh, runners. We've got Ice Cube Jr. in this, uh, who works for Ray Liotta. Um, Carrie Russell is in it. Um, it's it's just a bunch of people goofing around, getting killed by bears. Like, um, like I know it's not as graphic, but have you seen like Placid from like twenty some years not. ago? That's a uh, no. what's his face from uh, A Few Good Men? Who's the writer? Aaron Sorkin uh, wrote that one, and it's got Brendan uh, Gleeson and that? Bill, oh, yeah, wow. Bill Pullman and uh, Bridget Fonda. But basically, it's like like that. It's it's like a Jaws thing in the northeastern wilderness with a big giant uh alligator or something roaming the lake yeah. but it's that same that same flavor all i, I wanna, wonder how it would compare yeah. all i want to know is the people who get killed do they have it coming because to me that's important if it's a bunch of innocent um, people getting slaughtered i'm like oh i'm out but if it's like a bunch of bad people who are pricks at, who like cut people off on the freeway and like you know sleep with their wife's it's, sisters it's a bit I of both to be honest it's there's there's definitely some people who have it coming who who definitely get killed but not everybody some people are more innocent than others yeah, i don't like those. Uh, i'm sad to say um the the probably the best scene in the movie is early on so there's the carrie russell's daughter and has has ditched school she's like 10 and her friend this this boy that he's going to show her this waterfall that she wants to go paint because this is how she gets in the woods. But they run across some of the cocaine and the kid is, the boy is fronting and he's like, oh yeah, that's just like, you know, all the coke I do with whoever, you know, and he's, he's like talking shit and, and he, you know, basically doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And he, you know, she, she asked him, well, how do I do it? And he's like, oh, yeah, you just eat it. You get like a couple teaspoons of oh, it. And so she picks it on a knife and eats. And it's just like, oh, shit, you know. Um, so that's probably the best scene. But uh, yeah, it's Cocaine Bear. It's, yeah, I it's mean, a monster movie. If you want to see a monster movie, you want to watch people lose parts of their bodies to a bear, this is your movie. I mean, I'm, I'm a very f- appreciative fan of succinct titling in movies it's like you don't want something that's just going to be like pull a fast one and not give you what you think you're going to get like this you you go to a movie called cocaine bear you're going to get a cocaine bear i don't care (laughs) there's no other way around it so i appreciate that aspect of it so i'm i'm glad that it's uh yeah at least lives up to the the name you know it's not like it's not like the the original ingmar bergman's cocaine bear where it was a metaphor and you never had cocaine and you never had a bear (laughs) yeah and then uh an m9 Shyamalan ding dong's version where uh the bear was inside us all along and that kind of twist (laughs) (laughs) and he makes an appearance as the camper who points and says oh hey look that's a (laughs) cocaine bear yeah no no thanks uh I can't really talk. I just I, like I told you guys uh, recently. I just I'm I'm just entertainmented out for the most part. So it's I have to find something to watch because I just need something to bide the time while I decay slowly mm. uh, in my my home. You know. uh, but I ended up watching uh a like three back to back to back that uh, I tend to revisit every couple of years anyway. 
and I'm still shocked that they hold up. But I watched The Burbs again with Tom Hanks. Uh, and then I watched Wayne's World again and Real Genius. Like back to back to back. Huh. And I loved every minute well, of every there's movie. One, there's one good movie on that list. Which good one? Good job. What you t- Real Genius, of course. You, you don't like <laughs> The Burbs, you fucking Philistine. The Burbs is... And I, I'm a Joe Dante fan, but not The Burbs. The Burbs yeah, is so really. misunderstood and underrated. People just don't <laughs> get it. It is so much fun. Uh, like, there's the whole middle <laughs> sequence where it turns into a Sergio Leone Western as they're, like, looking at Courtney Gaines as the weirdo nephew coming out of the house on the porch, and they're playing the spaghetti Western music, and he just starts doing close-ups of everybody looking at the house. <laughs> it is the funniest fucking scene ever. Maybe it's just a film thing. I don't know. Uh, I think that's it. It's, it's, it's a film reference thing from a film geek. Oh, you know, so Joe good. Dante. I mean, but yeah. it's so good. It's still fun. Uh, and then Wayne's World, I just, I'm astonished that to me it still holds up. It still makes me laugh, and it shouldn't, because I know every joke, it's all telegraphed, it's Mike Myers, but it just works for me. I don't like Wayne's World 2 very much, but the first one I still I quite enjoy. Uh, so there's that. And then Real Genius. Right. I- and the only reason I'll bring that up, yeah? No, no, I'm just saying, I like all three of those films too. I'm, I'm with yeah, because you, you, yeah, because you got taste. But Wayne's sir. World, you got but taste. Wayne's World, I don't think holds up the way it did. I think Wayne's World was a surprise oh, no. at the time, and that's why it was good. Uh, but when I revisit it, I'm astonished at how much it still makes me laugh because it's like it's like proto Mike Myers humor. It's like you you can see the the seeds to all of his stuff that would come later and do it bigger and broader. But it's all sort of contained because you've got Dana Carvey as Garth, and it sort of tempers it. And so I don't know. It's just it's it's fun to watch to me because they're just literally like just going at it with reckless abandon. You know, they're like, "Oh, we're making a movie. We're having fun," and it's like, and then the thing exploded. <laughs> I mean, that's what's astonishing. Uh, to, but, to this day, I say in public, "Excuse me, I'd like to get by now," and, and nobody knows <laughs> yeah. what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so much good. And like game on when they're playing hockey in the street, and then they have to, <laughs> and then when the car, and they got to move the net and then bring it back. And then uh, Lauren Flynn Boyle is the the psycho ex girlfriend. Like the whole yeah. scene where she gives him the gun rack. He's like, a gun rack? What am I going to do with a gun rack? You know? And it's like the whole thing. It's just so stupid. I don't even uh, own a gun to necessitate a gun, gun rack. rack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just, there's like little things in there, but uh, it's still fun. And the real genius, the only thing that, str- like every time I watch it now, the one thing that really smacks me in the face is when Dean Devlin shows up as one of the background characters in like a party scene. It's like the, the future <laughs> producer of Stargate and Independence Day. And la la la, like was it a working actor at one point? And he like this was like one of his earliest roles in 1986. And it's just it just jars me every time. I'm like, hey, that was Dean Devlin. Holy crap! So it's it's strange, but uh, but it's fun. So you you get varying degrees of uh, of 80s into 90s uh, humor, like very SNL rooted humor too. I feel like The Burbs is an SNL skit that uh, became a movie. It's like uh, like if Belushi and Ackroyd had made Neighbors, but did it right. 
it would be the burbs. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my feeling on it. God, uh, I got to watch Neighbors so, yeah. again. I, I remember just being confounded by that movie when it showed up on cable it's, and I was like a, ch- it's weird, I was right? a child. Yeah. I got to see it as an adult and see if it makes any sense at all. I, t- mm. it'll, it'll, it won't, <laughs> but you let me know how that, but you let me know how that works. I mean, talk about cocaine bear. That's like Belushi. That's like that movie. <laughs> that whole movie is just nothing but a cocaine binge from start to finish. Good Lord. Ah, oh. uh, so yeah. So I've just been revisiting the quote unquote classics, uh, in the last week or so. That's just I, how I'm biding my time. Yeah. The one thing I remember is, 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 uh, uh, John Belushi walking across the lawn and then shots being fired at him and him hitting the dirt, looking up and Dan Aykroyd is standing on top of his house with a shotgun and a fireman's helmet with two flashlights taped to either side. And I was like, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) As a kid, that's the funniest thing I ever seen. And a great idea. Tape two flashlights to the fireman's helmet when you're going to shoot somebody. Yeah. I mean, works for me. But, uh, but yeah, the Waynesworth thing, it's like, that's, uh, that's second only to Blues Brothers for me as far as SNL movies. Like, those are the top two. And everything else, it's just sort of like jockeys for third or less. Because uh, I can't think of anything else that, that I enjoy from the SNL canon uh, beyond those two. So, that's kind of where it fits for me. But, you know, it is what it is. That's that. That's that. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's... Let's get on with the show. Yeah, let's do this. Wow. So, from Akron, Ohio, home of a whole lot of bands that we actually like, is... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, uh, okay. Chrissy Hind is from there, and um, shit. And that's I it. knew this. There were others. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Hang on. Yeah, you let us know. That's fine. But uh, Devo, the uh, the end all be all of uh, '80s bands, right? But really not. It's like they defy any sort of definition or description, which I think yeah. is what I like most about them. And they yeah. are definitely a formative band uh, from my formative years. Like, I, I've, I don't know what I would have done had I not found Diva. Yeah. And I'm, a, brothers, I'm thinking you guys are probably the same, right? Brothers Mark and Bob Mothersbro, brothers Gerald and Bob uh, Casals, and Alan Myers. The original, the original band formed in 1973. Uh, I, I, I believe Gerald Casal was at Kent State when the shootings happened. And that mm-hmm. sort of formed his worldview. And he came yeah. out of that, like, where everybody was obviously protesting and saying, what the fuck are you doing shooting at college students? He came out of it with a smart-ass kind of, yep, that's what's going to happen. And, and forms this idea that humanity is devolving. So, you know, there you get the name Devo. And yeah, yeah so everything about Devo has got this sort of smart-ass kind of, uh, uh, we are the institution, but we are the logical conclusion of what happens to the institution. At least that's, that's the beginning. When you watch yeah. their, their early videos, it's all about playing it straight, but yeah, yeah. that's where you get bougie well, that's boy. Just, well, that's just that everybody <laughs> kind of, uh, just like shorthand knows them as the whippet band. 
which is so which is unfair. a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eh, if you hear Jerry Casales talk about Whip It, it's actually really cool uh, how they how it came about and what they did. Oh, but, it's a it's a great song if if it's yeah. the only song you ever hear of theirs. But it's like there's so much depth to yeah. them to just judge them on that one thing. Yeah, I. I, I love that uh, basically they got their first recording contract because they were recommended by Iggy Pop and David Bowie. Yeah, like right. They were nobodies that Iggy Pop and David Bowie said, no, fuck you. You've got to sign these guys. And from well, that, and we get Are We Not Men. Well, it's all based on the whole thing. That they, they were pretty much the pioneers of music videos. I mean, they were, they were art students. They, they understood how to visually represent their music. Uh, in an era when nobody really did that, and so I think they want yeah. they want some sort of film festival on an early deal with uh, like Secret Agent and uh, I can't remember what the other song was. And this is yeah, it was, it was now now it can be told I think, but yeah. the truth about de-evolution. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Gerald Casal is is really from my perspective the beating heart of Devo, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone thinks Devo equals Mark Mothersbaugh. For me. It's really Gerald Casal yeah. that that brings all of the attitude, and he directs almost all the videos. Yeah, and I think is the main reason why they still exist as an entity. <laughs> yeah, I always felt that way. I always felt that way that he understood like the the uh, sort of artistic accomplishment of all of his friends, but he was the one who sort of like m- made it go forward. Otherwise, they're yeah. just sort of spinning. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into like. Uh, the history, like the, the rundown, our favorite bits. I think the the thing that I like most about Devo, as I've gotten older and spend more time thinking about this stuff, is that when they came on the scene, uh, so like seventy eight, seventy seven, when when their album debut hit, uh, they were already like late twenties, thirty. I mean, they were old dudes uh, by rock and roll standards, and so that I think inflects all of their stuff because it's not like a, a punk band that just goes out and it's all piss and vinegar and energy and then you know we're done i mean they had an agenda and they yeah. did it man they did it yeah, and they did these, not waver these guys are too smart to be happy and yeah and <laughs> but too the, artistic and they're not driven yeah, yeah. by their own ambition that's the important thing i think with diva right. that yes and i think the age is actually a good point on that but it's not we are doing this so we can be famous rock stars and get laid yeah. it's we're, we're angry. We're yeah, not. We're, we're never going to be rock stars. So instead, we're gonna you know take some ideas and you know make them yeah. funny and stick. But them the up fact that ass. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that they before they got signed, they were doing all of these songs that wind up on the first couple albums, and like the early shows were apparently very confrontational. Like it's just basically it's like everything that I love uh, hearing about. Like because like when I was a kid and, and that sort of inflected my attitude towards just mundane things like we would have video cameras out and we'd be filming stuff when we were all hanging out and just goofing off and anytime the camera would come to me i think it's an instant devo thing i'd just be like would instantly turn into just like what fuck you what (laughs) and that to me i think stems entirely from devo it's like just turn it on its head do you want a fun show no you're gonna get confrontational uh and it was before punk was even like a real thing and so the fact that they were always cresting that next thing they never got any credit for it i think they still don't and it's just it's too bad because their shows 
Well, their shows in LA for those first two albums are legendary. I would hear about like, you know, these things going on in Los Angeles years, you know, like years after the fact and going, fuck, I'm never going to get to see Devo live. This is going to be yeah, the right? fifth time I see them live next week. But yeah, it's yeah. like at the time I'm like, oh, God damn it. I, I, I need to see this band someday. Yeah. It's good stuff. So this will be my third and fourth Devo shows. <laughs> but let's let's get into the first album. We're gonna we're gonna talk about our favorite track from each album mm-hmm. in order to just keep this from going on forever. Right. So first album, Q, Are We Not Men? A, we are Devo. Yeah. Produced by Bring Brian it. Eno, no less, yeah. because Bowie couldn't do it. Well, Bowie, I think Ghost produced a bunch of tracks. Uh but just to come out with your debut album and have Bowie and Eno in your corner like that i mean that's just crazy and the yeah. fact that jerry casales and the, and the gang just basically said no we're gonna do it our way but we're glad you're here i mean that's astonishing to me it's like you're I just gonna that's you're also, gonna piss off that, yeah that's that's also bowie's post drugs mid berlin period where he was right. really experimental so i yeah. think devo is probably a lifeline for him you know probably artistically but, i mean it, it made him understand what else he could be doing and, well, yeah, but, but it's like scary monsters make y- more sense. Yeah, but Eno's doing this like is, the, the this is the hardest Devo goes. This is the most, I mean, the most guitar laden. I think oh, yeah. Devo album, and it is also the majority of their set list to this day. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, mean, but, it's it's the um, album. It's the album. Let's be real. I mean, if, I'm gonna. I mean, yeah, pe- you you, th- you think of them as a synthesizer band? Not. Nah, I mean, yes, not early, yeah, but not early. Not well, entirely they, the yeah. technology wasn't there for them yet in the 70s i mean that is really expensive shit even if it did exist so I, it makes but sense it's here me. on this album but yeah 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 they got as much as they could but you know it, it, once once the technology is cheaper and more available i think that's when they become a keyboard band once they're right. able to but they were kind of always sure, ready but, for it but it's experimental and it's still experimental like they're they're out there just seeing what kind of bleeps and farts they can get out of those machines yeah. and just dicking around with it and making cool noise but all right favorite track from an album where it's impossible yeah. to pick a favorite I mean the whole album oh it's it's a it's a banger from start to finish i mean it's yeah. just it to me it's one of the most perfect records debut or otherwise yeah. i mean it's just from start to finish here's yeah. the best i could do okay runner up satisfaction which i i love that they they basically came to prominence because they appeared on saturday night live the week after the rolling stones were on saturday night live performing (laughs) satisfaction how fucking crazy is that yeah i love satisfaction is is genius and the video of course made them well i love that it confused jagger so much he's like to this day i don't think he understands what they did (laughs) so i even if it's not one of our favorites we're gonna drop satisfaction here because just the absolute deconstruction and like ruining and owning their own version of satisfaction like they they do a bunch of covers in the future none of them live up to this yeah yeah Man, oh man, is this just like an original take on it? it it's it's so weird. It's great. This and this song does show what an intensely talented 
musical act they are because the rhythm section. I always say it's the rhythm section that makes or breaks the song, and the drums and bass are so wildly out there and yet perfectly clicking. I mean, it is a very funky song if you just listen to those two parts. Yeah. Well, everything else Alan- is is mayhem, but those two yeah. bits are so good. Well, you well you get Alan Myers on drums, uh, and he I've heard him referred to in many uh, cr- like analysis of the band and whatnot. He's like a human metronome. And he came in and did the like the acoustic drums and the way that his time signatures work are so crazy. It's like how could that be a a human being doing half of this stuff? Because it's just all over the place. And it's with something like satisfaction, you can just you can just hear it, but at the same time, I can't visualize somebody actually playing it that precisely. Mm-hmm. It's well, crazy. And and this is also a band who you believe actually means the lyrics like exactly, Mick Jagger exactly. can get satisfaction. Okay. He fucking can. These guys lived it. Okay. <laughs> These guys are like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I can't get laid. I am not cool. I don't fit in, you know, and, and the way they perform the song embodies that, but that isn't even your number one, Eric. So what, yeah, that was your number three. Okay. Your two? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uncontrollable urge is yep. a cover every punk band did at some point. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's kind of uh, chopsticks for punk bands. You know, you have yeah. to play Uncontrollable Urge first. It's it's a good it's, one. It's my number one. It's, it's my number one for ah, the album. This is, this it's, is my and it's okay. the lead-off track. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's the lead-off track, and it is such uh, a mission statement. I mean, before yeah. you get to anything else, it's just <laughs> holy crap. And that's when you when you listen to this album. That's when I you look at it and you're like, these guys were. This was a punk band. Let's be real. They were a punk band that mm-hmm. did new wave later, but they were always at their core a punk band. And that's what I love so much about them because if you take a song like Uncontrollable Urge, that's a punk song. It's just a three yeah, minute. But this is also, but this is also nerd punk, right? Like, so this is where Bob. I don't even know which Bob it is. Who's got the nasally voice, but, um, but he's the one coming in on the chorus. He's got an uncontrollable, yeah. and then they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like just like they're they're unafraid to just be and as as dorky as they feel like, yeah. you know, and and let's be and real. make it hard, and let's be it's real. Great. It's uh, it's a song about masturbation, more or less. <laughs> and that's what's so funny about it. They're just like in your face. It's like fuck you. I right. I love this. That's that's going to keep happening with Devo. Well, the thing <laughs> about so uncontrollable horrible. urge that I love is that uh, years later, uh, they, I think it was Disney put together like a like an 18s thing. They called it Devo. That was 2.0. Gerald. That was yeah. Gerald. They worked with him on it. Yeah, it was. And that was, I could not understand that. I was like, this is either him completely selling out or him doing like the insanest art project about selling out. And that's how he approached it. But they did uncontrollable urge. And that's, he said the the executives heard it and went, oh, wait a minute. We can't have kids (laughs) singing this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so they made him rewrite the lyrics, you know, talking about uh, an addiction to junk food or something.
like that's that's how cyclical they are. It's so funny. Anyway, continue. <laughs> the other okay, yeah. The final runner up. You never won. The final runner up for this oh. is uh, Jocko Homo because it is that's a, the hero that's statement s- for this album. That's their anthem. Uh, yeah, but my favorite is is always going to be uh, Slap Your Mammy. I think that song is so fucking fun. It just rolls. It. I got a gut feeling. You know, I guess it's gut feeling. Slap your mammy. It's a two. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a two part. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. No, song. that that was right up there. That's my like my number two probably. On I mean, there's just so much on here. We've already touched on most of them, but I'll just I'll just jump right to my number one uh, so that Brian can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, but Mongoloid is always the yeah. one I gravitate to when I hear this album. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's creepy. It's amazing. It's ethereal. They've got that driving baseline from start to finish. And the guitar riff just kind of comes in, and it is just so quintessentially Devo. Like, no other band could pull off a song like this and make it good, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And it's just... They, they did that at Cruel World. Cruel World was the yeah. fourth time I've seen Devo, and the first time I saw Mongoloid. When they started mm-hmm. playing it, I was like, holy yeah. fuck, they're doing it! It's, it's, I can't believe they played it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, so It's a troubling here's song. Here's the thing about Mongoloid, for me, though, is that it is... Again, thematically, it's very much a, a theme that keeps coming up in Devo songs, right. which is, you know, the, the mongoloid wears a hat, has a job, brings home the bacon, and just hides the fact that he's a mongoloid. Right. He gets by. Nobody like, knew. I'm, I'm lesser than, and I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and get on with it and get shit done, and, <laughs> and let's just get on with it. You know, it's not gonna get well, any better. It's not gonna get any worse. Whatever. Well, I love it because right? because it, it drives through, and then you get to near the end where the moral of the story starts coming through, and it's he was a mongoloid, happier than you and me. He was a mongoloid. Mm-hmm. It determined what he could see. He had one chromosome too many. And it determined what he could see. It's just basically them just like going, yeah, uh, people that uh, are different are just better off, effectively, I think is what they're, <laughs> what they're driving at. And it's just, but to me, it's just, it's the whole package. It's the, the strange, biting, satirical lyrics, and then that just, that package of music that just never changes, really. It's just very steady for three minutes and 44 seconds, and it's just a gem. And I love it so much. So yeah. All right. So then the second album a bit actually a bit less approachable I think yeah. than most of their albums. But but has uh, my favorite Devo song on it. 
Interesting. Like of, okay, of so all we're going to compare songs. notes here, but yeah. Um, so this is duty now for the future. <laughs> you said and duty. Eric, are we both picking um, Smart Patrol, Mister DNA here? No, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, no. I figured. Okay, well, I'm I've... picking Smart Patrol, Mister DNA. I knew Brian would pick that oh, one because it's the weirdest one on the entire record. Yeah, like, yeah. And again, watching this one live, especially when you get to the Mr. DNA, right, where they're they're passing the mic basically right. <laughs> across this crazy ass song, um, which yeah, it just it just builds and builds and and which goes off by the end. Which it's, I, it's so fun. I'm glad you brought that up too because they they are definitely one of the coolest bands to ever see live because they understand it's a show but I I kind of like had been thinking about this uh, over the week as well revisiting them and it's like would the like the Beastie Boys have morphed into what the Beastie Boys were without the kind of stuff that uh, Devo had been doing because they would do they would pass the mic and they would all do different refrains and stuff and that seemed very proto uh, Beastie Boys to me so it's I'm glad you brought that up because it's just one of those things that sort of clicked for me this week listening to them again Okay, but but Eric, that wasn't your favorite. What, what's your favorite Devo it, song? It's, if it's on this. I, it? I, the day my baby gave me a surprise is really oh, my favorite yeah, Devo song. That's I, that's my that's my second on the album. My fa- second favorite. Yeah, yeah. I love all their weird shit, but something about that song. It's like I don't know. It's the most honest song they have. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. It's got that. It's just got that Barton Fink feeling in it as well mm. it's like it's it's very devo but at the same time it's kind of a shift for them because it's uh well it's like they've got the the package of the the pop song but it's still just off it's just weird yeah and that's and like their the, thing yeah and the music is really good especially the intro. yeah 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 exactly but yeah when you get to the wahoo that's it's just it's hummable it's like they understand how to get the earworm in your brain mm-hmm. good times this was also the first like Devo video that was really kind of in the in the zone that most of their videos in the eighties would would later live in. Yeah, um, where they're really doing a lot of blue screen and just goofy shit. Well, yeah. I love I love the fact that they 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 did so much of that stuff pre MTV uh, that when MTV was first starting out, they didn't have any content, and so they played a shit ton of the five Devo videos. Until MTV went national, and then they said, well, we can't play this anymore. <laughs> and there was like a whole deal where they got blacklisted for a long time. And it's like, how can you do that? These guys just in- basically invented the form, and now you're shitting all over yeah. them. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, this so, album also has the Devo corporate anthem, which yeah. is yes. just funny because it's a reference to Rollerball. Did you know that? That they, it was yeah. like, uh-huh. like in Rollerball where they have the corporate hymn. They were like, well, fuck it. That's a great idea. And so they came up with the Devo corporate anthem. Yeah, it's good times. And the, Oh, God. Oh, the first time I saw them, and it was like a one-off show they were doing at a dog track in San Diego. They were not exactly coming back. You know, they were not rebrand, re, like reforming or anything. It was like a joke. They did this show at this dog track, and a bunch of fans showed up, and they played the Devo corporate anthem. And at the part with the salute, I did, I like, I like flicked my hand up to do the salute. 
And like about a third of the crowd did the salute at the exact same time. <laughs> and it was so trippy. It was so I mean, badass. Listener, Eric and I are probably saluting the Devo corporate yeah. anthem while you're listening to this show. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, which is funny because uh, the critics of the, at the time who would poo-poo on Devo, I mean, one of the, the things that was leveled at the band was that they were fascist. And it's because of yeah. stuff like that. They wore the uniforms and they made fun of it, but they did it so well that I think people that weren't aware of the joke, uh, yeah. they didn't understand that it's, it was satire. You know what I mean? It's the same It's the same humorless cunts who said that Fight Club was fascist. You don't right. understand irony, you fool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Chris, you said, you said Day the Baby Gave Me a Surprise was your number two on this album. What's yeah. your number one? Uh, Wiggly World. I can listen to that song every day for oh. the rest of my life and love it. Yeah. I love Wiggly World so much. <laughs> it's never straight okay. up and down. It's never straight 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 up and down. Oh, you got a neck go. I got a dime. Like to get the night of butter. Hell, I got the time to go. Walk like a mannequin. Pull like a tile. Every action does a big foot for the wiggle of the butter. Wiggle of the time. Wiggle up the middle. And I pull a lot. Cause I'm living in a wiggly world. Like, what the fuck are they doing? It's so yeah. weird that it just got its hooks into me early and it just won't go away. But it's just, you know, they get to the chorus and they're on stage like wiggly, wiggly, wiggly world. I mean, it's just, it's amazing yeah. to see live. I think, I think years ago I had, I had like determined, I don't know if this is true, but I had figured that this album was basically the, the B sides or the drops that they didn't put on. Are we not men? Mm. But well, mm -hmm. you're talking about drops from a fucking genius album. So this one is yeah. still like, I, I love every track on this one too. Yeah. It's not as good as are we not men, but it's, it's really damn good. It's, it's sort of like if, uh, are we not men? And we are Devo was like a, a single, this would be the B side, this particular one. That's what mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very strong material, yeah. but nothing really, uh, is a hit, as it were. And I think this is just them kind of clearing out their catalog because they had been at it for so long before they got signed that they just, I think they felt like they needed to get as much of their stuff on uh, tape as they could and get an album yeah. out. And so I think that's what you, this is. You say that. You say that, but the next album is a fucking watershed. <laughs> yeah. Freedom yes. of choice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Where Devo really became Devo. And it's so funny because it's like, this is where they they made the conscious choice uh, to be a much tighter pop band with the same edge, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like they 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 had the same message, but the the music was so much more accessible for the most part. So this album is a sequenced album in that it flows one song to the next, right? It has an arc to it. It's hard for me to listen to individual songs from Freedom of Choice without just hearing the whole damn thing right. because it's so damn good and yeah. it just holds together so well. Eric, top pick from Freedom of Choice? Freedom it's of Choice. Of course it is. Yeah. No, none of us are picking Wick, but you yeah, know that. Yeah, know, Freedom of Choice is, is just a tight... It, yeah, it's it's punk rock. It's awesome. I love yeah. I love Freedom of Choice, and I love the, the concept behind it that... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to be uh, original, just like everybody else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, this was the one with the skaters in the video wiping out, which appeals to Eric yeah. about 1980. Skateboards well, I and mean, donuts. It's the perfect video. Freedom of 
Well, I mean, I mean, you get to the the chorus, and it's basically just freedom of choice is what you've got. Freedom from choice is what you want. I mean, it's the biggest fucking middle finger mm-hmm. to the crowd. Yes. And, yes. And, I mean, it's like, oh, and oh my God. And they eat it up. And I think that probably makes Gerald Casales just giggle all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like people yeah. like, yeah, they're, don't they're get They're just it. telling everybody how much they suck all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> uh, and once again, music that is really like driving, it hits. It's, it, it, it makes sense that Whip It is on this album. Something about this right. album. They were really just... Very, well, I don't know. They were they were, they were hitting it. They were very hardcore. Well, I love the mm-hmm. the the cyborg. Uh, just just to bring it with it because it is their their gargantuan acme hit that everybody knows for good or bad. Uh, I'm not dropping whip it on this show. Everybody knows. You can find e- everybody go knows whip, to whip it. it if you want. But, to, people, but yeah. uh, they they weren't even going to put whip it out. Like the Warner Brothers didn't like it, uh, and so. It just sort of languished, but there was some DJ who was very influential who put it on his like recommends list and it just basically just went out as they started the Freedom of Choice tour, like went out to other cities. And then by the time it hit New York, they had to retool their whole show and take it to bigger stadiums and whatnot because people like exploded for Whip It. So that was a total accident. But the story that Casales tells is that it was put together by like four different uh, like bits of like music drafts, like songs they had been working on, and so it's this weird Frankenstein song uh, that they put the music for, and then they they had to figure out a, like lyrics for it, uh, or no, they had the which lyrics, is, and then they they Frankenstein the music, which is crazy. Which is the story of like most of the best Beatles songs is that they had right. sketches and they didn't mm. know what to do with them, and that's that's basically yeah. this. But then he went one step further. Ah, uh, oh shit! What was the song? Ah, uh, god damn it! Well, whatever. Anyway, Chris, what's your favorite? Album? <laughs> uh, uh, well, freedom of choice is up there, but uh, girl, you want always grabs me. That's like they just have a knack for doing the like the most perfect leadoff track to every album it seems, yeah. and this one just so it comes and that in song to and me it's is boom. is ultimately eighties. I mean, that is a very pogoable song. Right. Right, right, right. So the thing about Girl You Want that I love, and they do this on other songs too, uh, I love songs that start in the middle of a measure and you don't know where the downbeat is right away. Yeah. And then the downbeat comes in and surprises you. To this day, I've heard this song thousands of times. To this day, I still can't find the fucking downbeat right away on Girl You Want. It's crazy. love it for that it was it was tied for my pick on this album yeah i mean it's tough um, like like freedom of choice it, it vacillates but for the purposes of this show uh i went with girl you want because it's the one that i listened to more this week uh from that album so see i'm glad you picked it because now i have an excuse to bring mr b's ballroom into this show. really <laughs> interesting okay <laughs> Oh man, that 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 little uh, oh wow 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 oh that that whole chorus is just catchy as shit, and it's also one of those examples of them bringing in the deep voiced 
you know, talking character, right, you know, right. just making fun of authority. I mean, um, I knew Brian would be the first one to bring like a super deep cut to something like Freedom of Choice. It's like <laughs> it's, it's like the Sparks, Tarzan, and Jane, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it's just, you know, it's it's just a song about shit going off, yeah. and it's catchy as hell. Well, but, it's I mean, it's another strong. This no, is this whole album is yeah. is gold. It's just uh, it's their second strongest album to me after the the debut. Uh, but it, it's like 1980, and it's like you can just feel the shift, and like suddenly they are now cresting on the new wave sound for for whatever reason it's like i don't think they they don't have a plan for it but it just sort of happened and they were right there mm. when, it, when it started and i just they're always like one step ahead it's crazy eric new traditionalist go <laughs> uh one of the first albums i ever bought i i bought really? it actually the week it came out and it came with a 45 single of working in a coal mine it was right it, I listened to that thing and I killed it listening to it. I love that album so much. They uh, they sold that one to uh, and that wasn't on the album. No, working in a coal mine. They had no, but they had that sold was it on to the heavy metal soundtrack. And they yeah, they had done that. Oh, yeah, they at least right. they had licensed it out to heavy metal, but Warner's wouldn't put it on the album until that like became a thing. It's so weird. right. <laughs> uh, so so favorite track oh god that w- this one was tough because like i said i yeah. it is it is not beautiful world i i think anyone who likes that song is not a fan of devo i <laughs> fuck you i'm a fan of devo <laughs> and i love i love world. beautiful I, world. I, I like no i like the 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 biting sarcasm behind that song i don't like uh-huh. that it was used for a target commercial without any hint of what it was about most people think oh. it's actually about how great life is and i'm like you know what you need I'm, to fucking jump off a building I mean, I mean that yeah. that is that alone is so Devo, well, Eric, that they would just use it. <laughs> well, again, for that purpose. if you like, watch if you watch uh, interviews with Gerald Casales, I mean, he talks about Devo being like high and low culture, and he's like the the songs getting licensed for commercials. He's like that's about as low culture as it gets, and yeah. he's like, but it fit it I mean, it fits our no, move. What? There's Swiffer ads yeah. to whip it. Swiffin. Okay, like Swiffin they they don't good. care. Yeah. yeah. When you got a dirty floor, you Swiffer. No, what 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 bothers me about the song is that it is so like almost adult contemporary rock sound, and that people don't get that they're saying, you know what, the world fucking sucks. sucks. Do yeah. something about it. You'd think by this Can album I- they'd have figured it out, right? Like fourth yeah. album, like maybe they're not singing exactly about what you think they're right. singing about. I know that, but nobody else does, <laughs> and that's what's making me. Angry. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but what's your favorite song on the album? Yeah. Then? What do you got? Through being cool, which has no irony. It also is exactly mine. what the fuck it's and, all about. That song. And this just <laughs> makes me laugh, laugh, laugh because it's again like a a hundred percent solid lead off track to an album. But it also comes on the heels of their biggest success to date, where they got a whole bunch of poser fans, and this is their lead off. We're through yeah. being cool. Eat a dick. I mean, it's like holy crap. <laughs> They are so, they don't care. It's like they just DGAF. And that's what I love about Devo. It's like they're going to piss all over the new fans who just didn't stick with them. It's so funny.
And and this is also the first album they fully like they produced. It's no one else's sound. It's no one else's help out. They're they are definitely the voice behind this. And so yeah, right. it's one of mm-hmm. their best albums. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I'm with you on through being cool, Eric. So Chris, uh, what's your tops? Uh it jerking back and forth uh always does it for me. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of this album. I think it's because years later I got the, the uh, and now it can be told, uh, the live album from when they did the Total Devo tour, and they do a version of Jerking Back and Forth Live that is uh, to me is better than the album version almost, but that's what's kind of in my head. So when I hear Jerking Back and Forth, it's just a toe tapper. It's so much fun to listen to, and I just it puts me in a good mood because it's just yeah. it's bouncy, but at the same time there's just a little edge of danger to it. I don't know how to explain it. It's just fun. no, I, I totally get it. Again, it's got that it's got that kind of funky meter to it that you know you just you you it shifts gears right when you don't expect it to, yeah. and that's yeah. All going back to satisfaction, the best Devo songs will throw you musically and rhythmically they're more complex than you think they are yeah my runner up right. my runner up for this album because it is a very close runner up was going under which that I, was my runner up. i like yes. for the build you, sir. i love that build it has where it's getting yeah. just a little bit more scary as you go um also uh yep. my, my my wife and i when we were when we started dating we connected early on the fact that we both love devo and in fact the first time we made out i remember listening to this album <laughs> and so when i hear going under I, i'm like Sexy. oh yeah that's right we were making wow. out my Con to this Holy yeah. wow. <laughs> well uh, not to make he, and then he was going under yeah. so you know hey well not to make your uh, your not head ex- yeah. not to make your head explode brian uh but as a sidebar this i didn't realize until recently uh but the song pity you uh actually wound up on tony basil's uh album that had mickey on it they did they had like three devo songs on that but pity you turned into you've got a problem and it's the same exact song it's just her singing it it's so weird uh wow. when you when you play them really? back to, yeah check it out sometime it's like that and uh and she does be stiff on the word of mouth album A lot of people do beast there. Yeah, but this was, it was, it was basically he, I think one of the Casales, maybe Jerry Casales, was dating her at the time. And so like three Devo songs wound up on that album. But, uh, but Pity You is one of them. And that just when I found that, I'm like, holy crap. So I listened to it and it's literally just her singing a Devo song. It's so strange. Anyway, sorry. All right. So an album for which I'm a total apologist. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. 1982's There's nothing oh wrong. No, it's Devo. There's nothing wrong with this album. This is another nope. solid, solid, oh. solid album. I don't care it, what this you was say. almost. So a, this this the only thing with this album is it's a victim of their previous success. It's like they right. had to be as good as everything they had done up to that point, right. which is an yeah. unfair measuring stick. But yeah, a lot of great songs in here. I I already know. Uh, uh, you guys are going to pick what? Peekaboo and, uh, nope. Nope. Um, nope. What's the other one? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm picking out of sync again. A deep- this is a three measure pattern, 12 beats and it repeats. 
yeah. for a song called Out of Sync, which completely <laughs> fucks with people. <laughs> um, cheeky, cheeky nutters. Uh, But it's great, and it, it's like you don't know why it doesn't make sense until you count it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, but don't don't get us wrong, Eric. Peekaboo is a very fun song. It's quite lovely. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I, yeah. I love oh, that yeah. song again. Oh, yeah. I like most of this entire album. Uh, uh, I but oh yeah, that and that's good. Those are the two singles. Both that, really great songs. That's good. That's is an all timer. That's good. Is the but one that the, gets me. Yeah, that's your favorite. Yeah, I mean it's it's a total cop out like lame ass, but it just no, that's it's no, no. such a fun song, but it's also <laughs> another inverted message uh, from them, and it just it, it just works for me mm-hmm. on every level. songs are good songs do not apologize yeah i think <laughs> I, yeah that one is my favorite as well because again of the rhythm the beat the movement it's just very aggressive but but it's got it's got this yeah it's danceable i don't know it's it's danceable and angry but yeah. my close my close runner-up is speed racer uh which that's is so you know, weird it's so weird yeah song. and it's such a weird one and that's like a that's a holdover from earlier right But uh, but again, another so, another solid leadoff too. Time out for fun. It's such a goofball song, yeah. but it just it sets the tone. It sets the tone. It's amazing how they managed <laughs> to do that. Positionally, I want to call out another one, which was explosions, which is the best use of one note. It's all octaves. Right? It's all octaves, and it's awesome. Um, the other thing sonically about this album is, to me, and it's also true of New Traditionalist, but production-wise, this is what this, and I guess, um, I guess also uh, the, the freedom of choice. This is what Devo sounds like to me, right? Like the drums on this album sound a specific way and the way it's mixed, they actually go back and do a song produced to sound like this album 
many years later, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it's just another one, but it, it's a, a law of diminishing returns. I think people just were still overly confounded by Devo, especially coming off of, you know, freedom of choice. And then you get these like really solid musical albums, but they're just so in your face about everything. Like it just, I think people just couldn't figure it out. And I don't think they, they don't, they didn't really endear themselves to critics because they just didn't care. I mean, I I gotta love all of that about them. And so it just ever slower down the charts to the point where they, I think this is the one where they got let go from Warner Brothers. Maybe I think their their contract. Oh, no, that's the next one. Oh, is it? So that's shout. Is it? Okay, nineteen eighty four. Okay, they lost their label and they didn't get to tour for it. Yeah, and they don't care. They don't. I care. yeah. Okay, songs from this. Ah, uh, it isn't good. It's it isn't. It's you. You can tell that they they were starting to go through some stuff. I think this is uh, where yeah. Alan Myers left. Uh, was before this album, if I remember correctly. Because they were just doing too much of the the sequenced uh, drums and whatnot, so it's yeah, it's it's eh. I I think I, yeah, the the sort of dub the the kick in the balls I think for them here, aside from everything else, uh, is that uh, Dare to Be Stupid I think comes out this year, maybe the following year, and yeah. right, he right, right. does a Devo song that is a better Devo song than Devo did. Which and I'm to the point. I think I think Mark Mothersborough said there's a sample in there, a sound I've been trying to recreate for years, and he got it, and I hate him for it. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because I think he said he hates it just because it's the perfect Devo song. Can't be stupid is the perfect Devo song, but yeah. Which, and I'm glad you brought that up because because re-listening to Shout, which is not one I listen to often, uh, just because it's it's off. There's just something off about it. But I listen to it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it just to me, it, it sounds like Weird Al doing a cover album of Devo songs. That's what the album sounds like to me. It's just it's just something not quite right about it. But you get to Are You Experienced, which is my favorite because it's just another weird deconstructed uh, pop song track. And that one pissed a lot of people off. They're like, that's just sacrilege. It's like, no, yeah. that's just Devo. I love that. It's so fun. So, you know, that's my <laughs> Yeah, favorite. we're going to call this our pick from the Shout album. Not necessarily yeah. beautiful, yeah. just mutated. I, yeah. I heard that and I, yeah, my eyes started crying with <laughs> laughter. But so. yeah, that and Here to Go are, I guess, the only yeah. two really to pick. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Here to Go is, is the strongest song and it, it is the only real single from this album, I think worth mentioning um yeah but then we get then we get to be cube squared and uh total devo comes out baby doll where the pickings get even slimmer yeah this is baby doll and mostly for its inclusion in tape heads yeah where they were they were actually credited as cube squared because they sang it in swedish (laughs) (laughs) okay come on my baby doll like this album more than most people do i think 
Uh, but it I, it admittedly is a weak Devo album compared to all these others that we've been talking about. It's it's not on that level. No. I know that. But I mean, you could you could start to feel like they were they were obviously getting tired of the thing. You know what I mean? It's just the songs are good. They're well constructed. They're above par for most anything else of this ilk. But compared to the rest of Devo, it's just bland. Baby Doll and Disco Dancer are the only two standouts for me, really. And their their cover really? and their cover of "Don't Be Cruel" is just embarrassing. I just uh, no, that sucks. Ah, uh, just ugh. yeah. It was a bad decision. Eric, what were you, what were you going to call out from this album? That was it. Uh, uh, baby doll. A uh, baby doll. Yeah. Okay. Not much. Baby else. doll is. I think I think man turned inside out and some things never change are probably my two favorites on this album. Okay. And that's probably got more to do with. Um, Again, more the music being more alternative influenced, right. I guess. You know, some things never change, it's kind of got an edge to it. But yeah, I think I think we can move on. The next thing it really released was that live album. I don't know if we're going to touch on that at all. Uh, all I will say is it's just... it's their their slow tempo version of Jocko Homo is Chef's Kiss. It's just it's sort of like the the UK version of Wave of Mutilation by the Pixies. It's just that they change the tempo up and they transform it into a totally different song. It's so good. So that's my only. anything about the live album no i i've never heard it <laughs> it's yeah I didn't even, it's basically them touring. I, I, I don't like live albums live albums to me are like greatest hits but with poorer sound quality well this is them mixing it up a little bit though but it's them doing the total devo tour so it's just it's weird it's not everything you'd hoped in more the but one it's good the one i'll call out from here just because i'm not sure it was released before was it doesn't matter to me right. <laughs> It's trifle, yeah. but again, well, they still pretty Devo and, and sort of just like, yeah. Well, well they sling, they sing the uh-huh. slow melancholy Giacomo at the end, and then you hear Gerald Saul like, I bet you didn't know that was such a sad song. <laughs> and, the, uh, and I bet you're also wondering while we're all sitting down right now, it's to show you that we still can after over 10 years in this business. I mean, it's like, that's the show. <laughs> so that's what you recommend. That's to recommend. So there you go. Next, next up would be the most embarrassing moment in Devo history. Ah. Uh. Are you talking about smooth noodle smooth maps? Noodle maps. All I know is I saw a video of them in like 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 colorful suits in a convertible car driving around like they're cool, 
and oh, and, a post postmodern man video, and, and like yeah. a hot chick, and I'm like, oh my god, I see no irony here. I I think they I think that worms have eaten their brain. And, and this is my theory on this because, uh, especially with the last three albums now. Uh, it's just a, a law of diminished returns and it's becoming more and more blandy pop type stuff and I have to wonder mm-hmm. if it's them just doing one of the most intricate trolls of their fandom at, by doing like all of these super solid albums at the top and then by the end it's like they're doing exactly what their theory is like it's just devolving into just utter co- corporate direct <laughs> I've kind of given that much at credit this, but no right no. right at this point they formed Mutato Music they're they're soundtracking Rugrats and shit they've got a real paycheck Devo is a side bitch yeah at this yeah, point. yeah yeah <laughs> right like I I think that pretty much anything that happens Devo wise possibly from here on out is largely sheer willpower of Gerald V. Casal. Yeah. <laughs> Dragging Mark Mothersbaugh back to the, to, to do one more thing. Right? I mean, um, I mean the only really, uh, good thing to come post smooth noodle maps was they released the, the two volumes of Devo hardcore. That's like, well, that's like super fan well, service. Until, that's like, until yeah. 20 years later when they released their second best album of their career. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, which, what are we doing? Because we're, 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 we're skipping uh, pretty I'm, fast. I'm saying, okay, I'm saying that this tightrope ends at something for everybody. Anything in between, you guys go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, we, we failed to mention uh, their weird uh, foray into soundtrack music doing the theme to Dr. Detroit in 1983. I think that's where the worm really started to turn for Devo was doing the theme song to Dr. Detroit. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, whatever. But I, I will call out from the hardcore Devo. Um, you know, they've got, you get like the early versions of Mongoloid and B-Stiff, but right, right. This was the first time I heard I Need a Chick. I love that which song so Jerry much. Jerry Casal would re record as Jihad Jerry yeah. and the Evildoers eventually. <laughs> but that I think we need to have a drop of I Need a yeah, Chick here. That is the, the, the definitely the standout track from the hardcore albums. It's just so, like, not Devo, but Devo. You know what I mean? so profane <laughs> so in your face it's just like it's a punk song from top to bottom no word. no no doubt but but i'm i'm with eric let's get on to the i don't know if it's the second best or the third best one of the best evo albums by a lot definitely yeah. a, re- a return for everybody definitely a return to form no shocking. doubt about it shocking have has there ever been a better example oh, has there ever been another example of a band that went away for 20 years came back and did an album that was this good because it's usually like just a get together you know to hang out and we decided we could still play together and then they put out a shitty album this one every single track there's not one track on here i don't love yeah they're all good it's definitely a a throwback to the the heyday like the first like three or four albums where it's just every track is just astonishing it's so good yeah fresh 
Fresh is the lead track. It is it is the best track, and it signals everything you're about to hear. Mm, Energy, yeah. uh, 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 speed, just attitude. It's fucking so good. Oh, I love it. I am having a very hard time picking favorites from this album because, yeah, it is, it is a phenomenal. It is probably the best Devo album in terms of like giving you all of the things that Devo has done throughout their career right. in one album. It's all here, yeah, and it's incredible. Um, I am torn between two songs. I don't know that I can pick a favorite between "Step Up," which is. You know, a very quirky, goofy, Devo-y song. Right. When it's not over till the girls come home It's not over till the bad ladies in It's never too late to grab some gold It's never too late to shake that thing Let's go through this again Step up Get to the bottom of it Dig deep Go behind the scenes Later is now. That's a good one. I walked outside, it hit me on the dome. If you don't want trouble, you should stay at home. In the big low sky above the default city, I looked up and saw the man of big and bold. Later is now. I, I like what uh, we do. What we do, yeah. Because it's what we do. because mm-hmm. that that like the the bass riff on that one with the keyboards it just keeps thumping. I mean, it's just it's just mm-hmm. it just gets to your sternum I, and it just makes you like, oh, I'm listening to a song right now. It's crazy. The, the march quality of what we do makes me think it's it's sort of a spiritual sequel to Through Being Cool because you right. can see those same people going. What we do is what we do. We're mm-hmm. working and we're doing yeah. it. Yeah. What we do is what we do. And what we do is what we do. And what we do is what we do. And what we do is what we do. What we do is what we do. It's all the same. There's nothing new. What we do is what we do. It's turning round on me and you. But uh, but don't my favorite shoot. don't shoot don't, is like that's, a, a meme song. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite one 
after I've listened to it a lot, the whole album. That's the one that always I, I gravitate to, just because it's so, so quintessentially early Devo in its setup. Because it's just that, and then the chorus like, don't shoot, I'm a man. I don't know. I think there's so many more songs from this album they should be playing. Human Rocket. This is not even in my top five songs on this I like album, it. but mm. it's the it's the big single. Yeah. But uh, I will I will say that like before this album came out, and it's not on it, but I think it's on the like the bonus cut or whatever the Japanese edition. But uh, they released Watch Us Work It on a Dell commercial, and that sort of spurred everything for the new this new album and. and and that's the song that was produced to sound like Oh No, It's Diva. Yeah, and it's such a solid song, but it's like you listen to you like, when I heard it, I didn't realize that Diva was even putting new music out, and I went, is that, is that Diva? Really? That's really up to you. Now watch us work it. Work it out. Watch us work it. Work it inside out. Watch us work it. Work it out. Watch us work it. Work it inside out. Now watch us work it. And then I had to look it up and I went, oh shit, it's Devo. And they got I'm coming out. And then I got really excited. And then it took them like a year or so to get this one out. And it just, I was so hungry for it by the time it came out. That, and it because of Watches Work It. So congratulations to them. <laughs> yeah. So going out on a high note, right? Like, goddamn, Devo. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Um, that that album's so good. Honestly, they they can pretty much just continue to tour and you know live off of being Devo without recording another album. I don't need another one from them. It's that good. It's yeah. It it is a bookend. You know. I mean, they're, if they manage yeah. to come out with a really great album, I will certainly yeah. love them for it. But this well, one's so good. It's like yeah, yeah. Like ended on a high note, boys. Well, the fact that they keep getting nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they keep getting shit on, and it's like. The criteria for the Rock Hall of Fame just baffles me. It's like, so do you have to have a number one hit to even be considered? No, it's the criteria for being prom king. It's, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's like, so these guys, like, they, they started the whole music video thing. They started the whole pre-MTV thing that became music as we know it today. It's because of Devo, as far as I'm concerned. So it's like, if you can't get a slot because of that, I'm done. That's really it. Yeah. But again, being Devo, I can't imagine them ever wanting to be in there or caring other yeah. than maybe mm-hmm. to spoof it and make people feel stupid for caring yeah, yeah. like i'll sh- i'll show up with the boogie boy masks <laughs> to accept yeah. the award i mean it would be something like that something really weird uh <laughs> but so we're going on the 80s cruise um the the week that this show is going to air my wife has made a full-on white jumpsuit. She took a an energy dome and bedazzled it. The whole thing sparkles. Nice. Um, 
I have got a full new traditionalist's outfit, including you can't find or buy the pompadour. They had this plastic fake hair. JK, like a JFK um, you know, pompadour. Like, you cannot find that anywhere. What I did find, I found a rubber um, Ken, like Barbie and Ken wig for a Halloween costume, and I trimmed it, and I painted it. <laughs> that's, wow. <laughs> so I have rubber that's, hair. That's a, That'll be as close as you can get to a Devo pompadour. Well, and that's the other thing, too. It's um, like, so would you, is the new traditionalist, is that your favorite Devo look, would you say? Because they've got several. Uh, no, I don't know if it's my favorite look, but it's it, it was the easiest to come up with because I needed a pair of gray slacks and I could okay. buy the shirt on their website. Yeah, because you <laughs> and the hard part was the hair because it's like the the because the hair is hard. I think I'm going to be one of the few people doing yeah. it. Yeah, and I and I feel like like you're you're only a only a true Devo fan would do that look. You know what I mean? Because everybody thinks of the yellow jumpsuits and the the energy domes. That's like their signature. Yeah. So if you're doing a new traditionalist thing, I mean. Good on you, sir. That's like that's hard. That's, that's hardcore deal. That's my yeah. I that's saw the I'm doing. I saw the pictures of what you put into making that hair too. So yeah, good uh-huh. on you. Good times. I, good times. I I just went with an energy dome, but I bought a uh, red police light to put on top of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Okay. Well then. So yeah, uh, we're, greatest band. We're all Devo. They're they're the goat, the greatest of all time. As far as I'm concerned. Are we not, man? We are Devo. Okay. All right. Tell them where to get us. for listening to the show. Yeah. Go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. There's a bunch of links to our socials. Subscribe to the podcast, share on your social media feeds with your friends, and rate us on your podcast app of choice. Be happy or not. It doesn't go up and down. My girlfriend doesn't do what I say!